are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, looks like we got some breaking news. Senator Tim Kaine accepting the, the VP nomination, so we now have a full full ticket. Uh, I always liked uh, professional wrestling, Matt Barros, and uh, we've got quite the tag team matchup coming up. I, I The Rockers were my favorite. Uh, do you remember them? The Rockers? Yeah. No, I don't remember oh, those okay. guys. They were a good tag I remember team. the guys that had like the red, they were like red shoulder pads and they had oh, spikes. Legion, Legion of Doom. Oh, those guys were the best, man. I remember those guys. Yeah, I, I wonder what I wonder guys. if we're gonna start seeing that. That would be funny if they came out wearing their shoulder pads. But um, <laughs> pretty good matchup, and I always say I like the VP debate better for some reason, just because I think we've seen so much, um, you know, from the others, and so it'll be interesting to see how Tim Kaine and Pence match up. Well, we it looks like we've got a senator. Both have some time in Washington, it looks like, and both are governors. So. That's almost both like, been governors. I think both have been on subcommittees, so they both, you know, they both really know, you know, the ins and outs of Washington and how, you know, how it works. And, um, you know, but both coming from very different places, uh, from terms of policy and terms of, you know, what direction, you know, they want the country to go. So it should be a, <laughs> should be a very riveting, uh, debate for, you know, both debates. But I agree. I think vice presidential debates, um, kind of have a reputation of being, well, I guess more more recently, I guess you would say. I think there were some there's some there's some presidential debates going back in history that are that are pretty cool. But I think as of recent, I would have to agree with you. The VPs have been pretty pretty. Remember cool. Admiral Stockdale? I do, <laughs> I do actually, I do remember that. Saturday Night Live had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, oh, he was yeah. a great American hero. But that just kind of shows that sometimes, I mean, you really have to have some sort of finesse to to get into this this game. And I think Trump is uh, starting to to get some of that. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you know, he always makes fun of the president for using a teleprompter, but now he's starting to see that using a teleprompter can can be beneficial at sometimes. You know, uh, as I was as you were discussing, um, you know, healthcare, you know, and kind of the state that we're in today. Um, you know, I couldn't help but think about. Uh, I have a very close friend um, that works in, I guess, what you call like managed care. So it's it's people that are either older. Like they're they're getting they're they're not quite you know old age but they they have very special needs. These are a very very small group of people that have very very special needs. She's the director of one of these homes in Iowa, and she is she has told me I would I really want to bring her on the show. I've yeah. asked her to come on the show yeah. multiple times. Um, she's a little she's a little shy, but I really but but she has been on a, a television station in Iowa speaking to this. What she can speak to is the amount of of bureaucracy that she's had to deal with in the last few years dealing with the changes in healthcare due to the due to Obamacare the ACA um, it basically she she would be a great witness so to speak to the tightening of budgets that states are handing out for these types of special needs people and so in essence what you're seeing just like with individual group policies with large group policies you're seeing a a tightening of the belt as far as benefits but you're seeing costs go up and things of this nature and um you know the the place that she works i can tell you sean if if we lost these types of places 
a lot of people would be in really bad shape. You know, we're talking about people that are, you know, maybe they had an accident, uh, a head injury or something. And now, you know, these types of, I don't want to call it a home because it's a, te- it's not, it's not, you don't go there permanently. You just go for a few hours and you co- then you go home. Is it like adult daycare? Or- it's like an adult daycare. And, um, I can tell you, first of all, this lady, this friend of mine, she's an angel. I can tell you that much. I mean, for what she does and the amount that she gets paid and what she and what she deals with on a day-to-day basis, I don't know very many people other than her that would be able to handle this job, first of all. Uh, second of all, um, the amount of experience that she's had to go through of the state basically taking more and more money away from her organization, um, you know, because they're not getting – the money just isn't there. And, uh, you know, a lot of these people that she helps every day would be in a really bad shape because that's their only way of like socializing with other people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they would just be, you know, stuck at home every day. And so I think that, you know, you were talking about pre-existing conditions. And I, you know, I've spoken many times on this on this very show about my pre-existing condition and how, you know, I kind of looked at ACA as being a possible possible positive back in the day, despite the fact that government was going to put themselves in between me and my doctor, I was trying to overlook that because I thought, well, hey, you know, I have a pre-existing condition. I can't get insurance. I can't get health care. Maybe this is a good thing. Um, we're seeing that to be not the case as of right now. And we're also seeing these other kind of periphery things like this like this lady I'm speaking about and, and these people that, you know, really, you know, otherwise would just be homebound. And uh, their quality of life would just be you know, in, in really bad shape compared to what they have now. And it's just, it's really heartbreaking to see all the thing, all the periphery things that are happening uh, at the cause of the ACA, um, you know, the effects of the ACA, excuse me. And it's just, it's really sad. And it just breaks my heart. And um, I hate that our government, you know, every time, it seems like every time they get involved with something, whether it be foreign affairs or domestic affairs, it seems like it's worse than when they start out. You know, it's just, I wish they just, I wish we could just shut down Congress and just let everybody run everything on their own. Cause it seems like we'd be better off that way. Cause it's every time, every time a bunch of, you know, politicians get together and say, Hey, we're going to fix this. It just, uh, it just never seems to be better on the other side. And no one ever seems to be happy. You know, the right, after they get something done, the right and the left, they're both mad because, you know, they both had to compromise things they wanted. And then after you're done, nothing works. And it's just really, it's just really frustrating. And when you see people like with head injuries or, you know, who are in, you know, these, you know, getting to their older age and, and, they're, and the state is basically turning their back on them, it's just, I don't know, it just breaks my heart, man. Every week. You know, you get another story and it's just it's really it's really frustrating. And I and I think a lot of America is really upset. And this is one of the, this is one of the main reasons why America is so upset and why I don't think the media is up to pace with the pulse of America right now. They can't figure out why a racist, bigoted, homophobic, whatever you want to call them, is is leading the Republican Party. They can't figure it out for their life. <laughs> but he's not those things. It's not think, those things. It's, they think he's thinking. it's the ACA and things like that. That's what's getting people so upset, and they don't see they don't see um, a solution, you know. And they're they're hoping for any guy that will come along and say that he's going to fix it. So that, that's my little that's my rant for the day. Well, no, it's it's always great to to hear from you, Matt, because um, you, know, you do have very good points and it's just uh it's beyond just the ACA it's just more the fact that uh, our nation doesn't have any money <laughs> at the moment whether people want to admit it or not 
And uh, a lot of these programs are just awfully, awfully expensive, especially when you look at the budget and, and where it goes. And it's just, it, it's sad to see, especially programs and organizations that are so, um, you know, there's industries created out of being Medicare and Medicaid contractors, yeah. for example, like your your friend's yeah. industry. Right. And then when there's not enough funding to, to sustain them, how are they supposed to, I mean, <laughs> I don't like it any way that I look at it. You know, <laughs> my wife and I sat down about a week and a half ago to look at our budget I mean, we almost were we almost were divorced by the end of our conversation because we're, there's no money. We have no money. I mean, we're we're ba- we're barely making it month to month. Yet I walk on my university campus and I'm told I have white privilege and things like that. And there's just no there's no parallel. It's like it's just it just blows my mind, man. What it, it, there we have no money to spare, and yet the government treats us, you know, because we're in the low middle class or whatever. They treat us like we're like we're the top one percent. It's like, man, I got nothing else. You keep squeezing me. I got nothing left. I mean, <laughs> I got enough to feed my dogs at the end of the month. That's about it. That's about all I got. Yeah. And there's so many people that are that are in that situation. And you know, that's why we just like to have these shows uh, to at least let people know that they're not alone out there, <laughs> number one. And I think it is kind of a lonely journey, especially when you're trying to uh, do the right thing, pay your taxes, do uh you know be a contributing member of society and and it just seems like there's all these things uh, in your way but don't worry folks uh, I think it is going to get better here in the next uh, several years I really do uh, I think uh, people are starting to wake up people are starting to stop ignoring uh, what's happening and honestly the situation has probably gotten so bad that it's literally hitting people in front over the head with a shovel uh, as you uh, look at all of these changes and so. That's why we uh, do this program, and we've got one more segment for you. Uh, we wanted to uh, just get that off of our chest, but I wanted to uh, report uh, on Health Reform 2.0 MACRA, which is uh, the Medicare, Medicaid, and Chil- Children's Health Insurance Reauthorization Act. Blah. That's, uh, that's a mouthful. Uh, half of doctors don't know what it is. That's kind of a big deal because it really affects how their practice uh, operates, and we're going to learn about it when we come back here on America's Healthcare Challenge. 